Thank you, Pastor, for your kind words of introductions. I'm just a, a Christian, nothing more than that. <laughs> if you bumps to me on the street, please just call me Victor. I cannot prescribe any medicine. Don't call me doctor. <laughs> I'm so glad to this church on behalf of Bible College of Malaysia. Your faithful supports have kept us going. Even during the pandemic, we continue to serve God, to train ministers, and today we have continued to have 700 over students studying with us. And God has been amazing. Um, somehow, people just come to study and, and we are seeing a great movement that's sparking from the ground level up. Uh, we have students from all kinds of denominations, independent churches. And what is surprising is that nowadays we have a lot of lay leaders um, coming to Bible school to be equipped. And so I just want to challenge you uh, right from the beginning that uh, being equipped to serve is not just for pastors. Of course, pastors have to be equipped, uh, but lay leaders as well. Those of you in the marketplace, those of you who are in different arena, avenues, whether in business, education, or politics, or even at house, you know, teaching your ne next generation, uh, you, you should consider uh, learning, getting deeper in God's Word. Um, this morning, this service, I'm going to continue from the team that I've developed since Friday. Even though you may not have been with us this Friday, but it's okay. You can still follow through. Don't worry about that. And it is about us being priests. And as priests, we have to offer sacrifices. I want to continue with that team. Um, sacrifices of service for this morning. There's a saying in, uh, among people, uh, no pain, no gain. Uh, for some time, I was working out in a gym, and that's a common saying. People kind of push themselves. Oh, they push the chest press, and they put the, the, the weight, and they say, if you don't feel that stretch, you're not growing, uh, which is true. Uh, every form of success behind it, there's a lot of sacrifice, yeah. a lot of pain involved. Um, most people see the glamorous part of ministry, uh, but most people were not willing to see the other part of it, which is usually very sad. A lot of tears involved, a lot of pain involved. And, and that's true even for your own Christian life. As we grow in, in our life with God and we serve, there are a lot of pain involved, a lot of suffering involved. And sometimes as Christians, we have this naive thinking. I don't know whether about you, but I've seen a lot of Christians have these perceptions that God has taken all our pain. God is a victorious God. He has taken all our pain. And so all we have today is just gain. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you the truth. That is not true. God allowed us to go through pain as well. And that's why in the church today, there are a lot of funny, funny teaching that are going around. And that Christians, we will always win, we will never suffer. Uh, pe people are just telling you, you, you can, everything will just be fine. I'm going to tell you the reality. No, um, Christians, we do go through suffering. Uh, you'll be disappointed if you think that life is just going to be smooth sailing all this while. Uh, for those of you who are new to this church or new attending, those of you online, you may be watching this service for some time, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not going to uh, polish the truth of the gospel by saying if you believe in Jesus, all your problems will be resolved. No, you still have to go through the problem. But it will be different because you have Christ with you. You have Christ in your heart he will be your strength. He will guide you through. So we need to today go back to the biblical teaching of what ministry is all about, what suffering is all about. 
especially those of us who are in ministry, uh, we must be very clear of what God demands of us, knowing that the Scripture has already informed us as ministers of God what our life will be. Believers are called to be living sacrifices. Our whole life is a service to God. If we fail to recognize that, that's where sometimes we get disappointed. We have a misunderstanding of what our Christian life should be. I'm going to bring you to this passage in the Bible that sometimes we don't hear it too often in the church. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 29. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 29. Apostle Paul says this, I'm reading in New International Version. Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission of God gave to me, gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for, gen for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of His mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Now, this is one of those letters that Paul um, wrote in prison. We call them prison epistles. And he was in prison, yet he was so encouraging, isn't it? He kept encouraging the church at that time and warned them about false teachers. That's the basic gist of this whole letter. But from this small portion of Scripture that we read this morning, I'm going to point out three important lessons for us to take home. Three important lessons. Number one, we believers, we need a right theology of suffering. Not so happy for the morning. <laughs> right from the beginning, there is suffering. We have to acknowledge that suffering is part of the ministry. When you look through the New Testament, you see all the apostles suffer. All of them. None of them exempted. In fact, most of them die as martyrs. They suffer very badly. Um, not because they find trouble to suffer. They, they, they didn't cari pasal, huh? It's just because they preach the truth and the world is against them. Paul himself suffered a lot. He was beaten, he was stoned, lashed, imprisoned. He had shipwrecked three times. He faced attack from the Jews as well as from Gentiles. He had sleepless nights, extensive hunger and thirst. He was pressured by even his own people, the church, who at first kind of find him, you are just a persecutor. Are you sure you are really a Christian? So people within persecuted him, people outside also persecuted him. He suffered physical, emotional, social oppression. Paul suffered a lot. And yet, after he faced so much pain, so much agony, Paul remained faithful. Never once dropped his ministry. Never once in his letter he complained, Oh, I want to give up, I don't want to give up, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. Never once. Paul continued to persevere to the very end. Why? What is his secret? How can he become so persistent? 
after going through so much pain in his life, from this passage we realize because he has a right theology of suffering. He understands that suffering is part of the ministry. It is unavoidable to suffer in service. As you do God's work, there is a misunderstanding out there in the church today. Oh, when you do God's work, God is with you, everything will be smooth. That is not what Paul believed in. Paul knew that it will be a battle. Paul knew that the moment he stepped into the ministry, he will face challenges. That's what Paul believed. That's why, that's why in this passage, he considered suffering being part of this experience of being in Christ. Look in verse 24. Verse 24 says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. Crazy, isn't it? He rejoiced for suffering for you. I feel up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's affliction. What is lacking? The lacking here is not about Christ. Christ has done everything on the cross. It is perfect. The lacking is in Him. He wants to have more of Christ's experience. That is His suffering. For the sake of what? The body. For the sake of the church. Paul, he said that what we need today, what we are lacking as believers, is more of Christ's experience on the cross. Just now I saw many people sing the song, I want to be more like Christ. I want to be more like Christ. I, don't, I wonder whether you understand what you're singing. A lot of times we say we want to be like Christ, we want to be like that. Oh, that means I'm going to be wise like Christ. We want to be powerful like Christ. We want to do miracles like Christ. But do we want to be suffering like Christ? Think about it. Being like Christ is the whole thing. To carry the cross is what Christ asks of us. Are you able to carry the cross? That's what Christ asked the disciples, isn't it? In other words, Paul says that this is the suffering that is needed but it is not in a sense that we want to cari pasal, I know in Malay, find suffering, uh, life too good already, go and knock on some doors and beat some people up. No, that's not what it's all about. Paul understands that in this suffering, that actually he will bear benefits. Suffering will have a positive experience on him. Paul is trying to help us to see suffering in a different perspective. It's not always negative. The problem today is many believers do not have a proper understanding of suffering, a good theology of suffering. That is why whenever we face difficult times, whenever we face suffering, three possible outcomes. Number one, you chabut, you run away, you escape. How many people in the ministry, after going through some struggle, they give up? I hear it many times. Oh, maybe this is not what God wants me. That's why I'm going through so much struggling. <laughs> Have you heard that? I wonder if Paul were to say that. Oh, I shipwrecked already. This shows that this is not God. Nah. I better stop traveling. Nah. No, Paul never say that. Struggling does not mean God is not with you. Think about that. Struggling does not mean God is not with you. But a lot of times, some people just say that. Oh, this is too hard. Too hard means God is not with me. I, I better give up. I better run away. I'm going to go another country, like many people nowadays trying to do. Runaway is a common experience for those who face difficult times. Another thing that I see many Christians will do is that they blame the devil. Uh, the devil, very pity him sometimes. Everything also got blamed. 
The devil's fault. Uh, devil. uh, no doubt, devils is involved in many ways. Uh, many suffering in this world. If it's not the devil, we won't be suffering. There will be no temptations in it. But the devil is involved. But on the other hand, we must also be aware that God sometimes allows us to go through some difficult times to mold us. So it's not always the case of the devil. And the third, which is the saddest of it all, um, some people just give up their faith altogether. I have a good friend, a good friend of mine. Um, we've gone through Bible school together. But for whatever reason, there's some issues that happen in his own life. So he, he swings all together when things happen not right. He says, oh, God is not real. God is not true. How can God allow this to happen? One of famous scholars, Bath Earthman, as we're studying the scripture, one of the things that he cannot, come, cannot make it sense to him, he said, if God is real, if the God of Creator is so real, how can there be such difficult things happen on earth now? How can there be war? How can there be all this, this typhoon that kills so many people? This just cannot make sense. Now the problem is not with God. The problem is with us. We have the wrong expectation of God, wrong expectation of what God will do. But when we begin to understand, actually, the Bible makes it very clear. God, He will use suffering in some times to help us. Because when we are going through suffering, we actually put more faith in God. Do you realize that? I mean, think about it. When was the last time you pray like, like crazy, like really, really pray? Uh, oftentimes, it's related to sickness, isn't it? <laughs> when you are sick, when you are in trouble, you really, really pray. Uh, when you're in good times, uh, somehow you don't really pray that much. Why? That, that's a natural effect that will help us to draw close to God. Suffering also keeps us humble and prayerful. Yeah. Paul himself has experienced this. He said there's a thorn in his flesh that he prayed and prayed and prayed. And God did not remove that thorn. Why? Because it is to keep him humble. That's what Paul says. So that he will always come before God and seek his grace. Suffering trains us to be patient. Many of us pray for patience. Oh God, I want to bear fruits of the Spirit. I want to be a patient person. Well, okay, then God puts someone that really anoints you next to you. Uh, that's how you are trained. Many of us want to be trained to be a godly person. Uh, you think what? You're just going to be tomorrow, you just zop to be a different person? No, you go through a process. In Christian term, we call that sanctification. You go through a process of change and transformation and God will use different people. Think about it in the Old Testament. If God can use Babylon, eh, such a cruel nation, God can use your boss, okay? Yeah. I'm not saying your boss is cruel, but I'm just saying God can use anyone that comes into your life, good or evil, to train you, to change you. Suffering teaches us also to sympathize with others. Those who have gone through suffering they, are more e they find it easier to sympathize with those who suffer the same outcome. We have seen that in church. Many of our church gone through, in, in my church in particular, um, because we are resided in Pudu, which is an uh, urban area, we have a lot of people in our church from different kind of backgrounds. Some of them have single parents, some of them have, um, you know, uh, divorce case, uh, violence in the family, domestic violence. We have all sorts of things here happen in church. And oftentimes we say, why, why, why things happen that way? But on the flip side, 
you find these people who have gone through the agony and pain, when they minister to someone who faced the same challenge, they are better equipped than us who have not gone through the experience. Sometimes when we counsel a single parent, I talk and talk and talk, so the person says, you don't understand a pastor. You come from a very good family, how can you understand? And I never deny that. I say, yes, I don't understand. But here is someone who have just gone through it and the person remained faithful to God. Listen to her. Listen to him. How he can journey with you. Suffering has, can teach us to sympathize. It can bring positive effects to believers. So a Christian, someone said, if a Christian have not gone through suffering or tremendous suffering, it's like a student have not gone through exams. You don't know how much faith you have. And so as, as we go through in ministry, let us learn, take it up in our hearts that accept this, we need a right theology of suffering. We need to just accept it that in ministry, there will be suffering. Please do not use suffering as an excuse not to do ministry. Please do not use suffering as an excuse to say, this is too tough, I need to go. Please do not use suffering as a sign to say, this is not God with me. God can use suffering. God allow us to go through suffering sometimes. Okay? So whenever we suffer for the sake of the ministry, take a step back. Just like Paul, come before the Lord. Seek His strength rather than run away from it. Confront your suffering head on. Don't be an escapist. Don't blame anyone else. In those moments, come before the Lord. Seek His help. Let Him speak to you. There are many Psalms in the Bible. Um, it's called imprecatory Psalms. Sometimes it, it sounds very weird. How come these kind of Psalms can be in the Bible? Scold the enemy, curse the enemy, ask God to judge the enemy. Uh, you read those Psalms carefully. The Psalms are addressing to who? The enemy? No, to God. You're asking God, God, I'm facing an enemy in front of me. I don't know what to do. God, may you do something. We can pray like that too. Because we can come before the Lord, bring all our troubles to Him. It is expected that believers, we will face trials. We will have enemy. Because we are walking in the light. People in darkness will hate you. They will try to destroy you. Not because they want, but the one behind them. The devil is manipulating the people, blinding them from the truth. And therefore, they are doing what they thought is right. Remember Paul, before he became a Christian? He was persecuting the church. And what Paul says in Galatians, he thought that was the right thing to do. And so, this kind of thing we will face in our life. Accept that. That is part of our ministry journey. Embrace that suffering and ask God to help us. First lesson, right theology of suffering. Embrace that. Suffering is not necessarily bad. It's part of the ministry. Second lesson, quickly. We also need to learn the right cause of suffering. We need to fight the right battle. Or another way to say it, we need to suffer for the right reason. Paul, when he goes through his life, why would he suffer so much? Because he knew by the point of suffering, he's not doing it out of nothing, out of no reason, no. The whole purpose of him going through all this struggle is for the benefit of the church. 
is to preach the good news, is to see people coming to light, to believe in Christ. That is what keeps Paul going. He sees the fruits of his ministry. In verse 25 here, you see, let me read to you verse 25. Paul says, I have become a servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. Paul recognized him, his calling is to be an apostle, someone sent by God to preach the good news to the Gentiles, to the people who do not know God. His mission is to reveal the good news that Jesus has given to him. It was a mystery in the past, but now released, revealed through Jesus Christ. So people who recognize Jesus, therefore, if they believe in him, they shall be saved. Paul, in another letter, Romans says, if no one go there to preach to them, how are they supposed to hear the gospel? If they don't hear the gospel, how are they supposed to know the mystery of God? How are they supposed to know that Jesus has arrived? That their Savior has already done all the necessary things to give them life? Paul says his ministry is to bring the hope of glory, verse 27, to people who are on the journey towards the condemnation. People without the gospel are destined to condemn. Let that sink into your hearts. Sometimes we take that for granted. We're so used to it. Ah, oh, yeah, you don't believe in Jesus. Uh, too bad. Nah. Do you know the implications? They are destined for condemnation, for eternal suffering. And the good news have already been given. They need to hear the good news. And so Paul says his ministry is so important. He willingly suffer whatever it takes to bring the, God, the good news, the gospel to the whole world. This ministry of transforming people has eternal impact. It is worth suffering for. It is worth your suffering. Paul, he traveled extensively, planted churches, reached out to many nations in the Roman Empire. He preached to all people, both Jews and Gentiles, different kind of people, young and old. Not only that Paul evangelized to the Gentiles, you find that Paul, he will also visit the churches after he planted them, follow up with them, help them from falling away. Paul make it all out to make sure these people will mature in Christ. Verse 28. So Paul does not simply suffer. Paul does not suffer purposelessly. He suffers for the sake of the church, for the expansion and growth of the church, so that the gospel will be preached to all nations. Today, question for you, my friend. Are you suffering for the right sake, for the right reason? Whether we are suffering for the right cause, if you have misplaced the purpose of suffering, then you better move away. <laughs> that is not the right purpose. What are some purpose, wrong purpose for suffering? And some people are suffering so much to build a name for your own self. You build a reputation. You want to build an empire. You want to build a business. And all you want is the praise from people. Oh, There's no point because at the end of the day, all of us will still die. All of us will still meet the Lord. All your reputation on earth will not last. And some people suffer for self-pleasure, for satisfaction. Uh, I know some people are very into gym nowadays. 
uh, I hope not here, <laughs> in the gym sometimes I find, why are they pushing themselves so hard? Uh? Uh, I thought at first, uh, most of us start in the gym is for health reason. After a while, you see them keep looking at the mirror one. No? Eh? What does this mirror got to do with your health? Then I realized, oh, it's more than that. It's about, some say, oh, it's for competition. And I also realized not all of them go for competition. Then I realized, no, it's for satisfaction. You've got to be very careful. I have heard some members, because of that, they say, Pastor, I have no time to come for CG, a small group. I have no time to come for discipleship class. I've got no time for this, no time for that. But I have a lot of time for my gym training to build a nice physique. And nothing wrong against going to gym, by the way. I go to gym as well. But what is your purpose for going to the gym? Are you suffering for the right reason? Um, some people suffer not for good reason. Some suffer for self-pity. Uh, this is especially true for Asian Christians. Many Asians think that we should be suffering because we are pitiful people. We will never be good enough. Uh, when I travel to the West, I see this happen, especially in international conference. Uh, Asians always look very small. Uh, physically, yes, we are smaller than the Angmola, huh? it's true. But in, when they start to talk, they also feel small. Uh, some Christians think that oh, we should suffer. Uh, whatever things suffer, oh, yeah, yeah, we should be suffering because uh, we are nothing good. That's not true. You must know your position in Christ. You are victorious. You are a child of God. You are bought with a high price. You are equal with the rest of the people, whether they are presidents or whether they are janitors. We are all gems in the eyes of God. Don't suffer for self-pity. And one last reason, I think this is really ridiculous, but quite a number of people suffer because they are just plain stupid. They didn't manage their time properly, therefore they are late, and because of late, they lose opportunity. And some people, you know, they know something is bad going to happen, they just whack their head towards it. They don't read the news, they don't know what is going on, they simply invest in wrong deals. And some people just suffer because they are not... They, they, Proverbs says you need to be wise like a serpent. We need to be wise. Don't suffer for wrong reasons. So what are the right reasons to suffer for? Following Paul. When you evangelize and when you are persecuted for evangelizing, you are suffering for the right cause. When you serve God and to serve people, when you try to help another person, try to bring transformation to the society. I've seen it happen many, 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 many times. Every initiative that's supposed to bring positive impact to the society will, listen carefully, will suddenly hit roadback, will hit problems, will hit pressures, will hit people push you back. That will certainly happen because you are trying to change the culture of a society. But you have to keep going you have to keep spinning like a small sprocket. You know sprocket that goes with the big gears? You're like this small sprocket. They try to change the movement of this big gear. You have to keep spinning, spinning, spin all you need. Then the, the big gear will start to move slowly. And those kind of struggle is important. To change any culture, you require a lot of momentum and inertia. Those kind of suffering is worth it. 
Today, ask yourself, are you suffering for the right cause? Yep. Many of us have been working non-stop in the marketplace. Is all this worth it all? Is your red race worth it all? All the reputation you're trying to build for yourself, is it worth it all? Is it worth suffering? That's my question. Based on what Paul has shown us, do you, have you started building for your eternal legacy yet? Or are you just looking into the next generation only? This is the second lesson. The right cause of suffering. Fight the right battle. Finally, the third lesson. The last lesson, as we can learn here from the Apostle Paul, that he's not just having a right theology about suffering, that he didn't just know what is the right cause about suffering. Paul says in verse 29 that he's doing all this by the power of Christ that is at work in him. The third lesson is this. We need to have the right source of energy, the right source of strength, which is the spirit-enabled service. We can't do this by ourselves. We are serving in a spiritual battle. We are dealing with spiritual authorities. And therefore, we need spiritual strength. The spiritual principles remain nothing if it's just about information. No. We need to get in touch with God. We need God to come into our life, to speak to us. Whatever I'm about to tell you today, it will mean nothing unless the Spirit of God goes into your heart and brings convictions into your mind, into your heart. That you begin to take it as in, yes, ministry will have to go through all this. And I'm willing. All this is not just because your mind rationally thinks through. But the Spirit of God is at work in you. The power of Christ is at work in you. That transforms from your mind to your heart. Uh, in the education line, we always say this, what is the longest journey? The longest journey is between your mind and your heart, very far away. And it requires the Spirit to help us travel through. Only the Holy Spirit can bring convictions to your theology of suffering. Some of us know it. Yes, I know. I know ministry will suffer. I know there are a lot of things. I know challenges ahead. But unless the Spirit comes to you and convicts you, you won't put your hand to it. I'll be very honest with you, even this morning. Many of us here have been in the church for many years. Sermon like this is not your first time. You know it, right? Am I, am I right? right? You know it. All these things is not new. But why are some people who are really giving it up? They do it all. While some people just go in and go out. Because are you, the question is, are you willing to open your heart and allow the Spirit of God to do the necessary change? Only the Holy Spirit can empower you and enable you to do such kind of work. We need God more than ever in this post-pandemic season so that we can serve God wholeheartedly. One thing I've learned in the pandemic is that many people have realized pandemic, many things can be done in a very convenient way. Therefore, many people nowadays serve out of convenience. If it's convenient, I'll come. Pastor, uh, this Sunday I'm free, I'll come. Before the pandemic, believe, members will say, Pastor, I will come, no matter what. It's, it's like, I, won't, I will come, don't have to ask. But today is different. 
unless I have the time, unless I have no appointment. Even Sunday nowadays, I take appointments because I'm used to it already. I can watch the service after the time. YouTube can play back one, right? But is that what God is telling us? Where is the point of suffering in your ministry? Where is God at work in your heart now? Has the Spirit of God been so far away from your heart? Are you listening to Him this morning? I'm going to close with some, some uh, story from my own personal life. I'm called to the ministry since the age of 17. At that time, my parents stopped me from going into full-time ministry. Why? Because they say, you're too young. Too young, huh? You don't know the world yet. Fair enough. So I go and did my degree, my, my diploma in a local private college. And after that, I joined um, RP College and finished my diploma. And the Lord pressed upon me, go now, go now. At the age of 21, I go into Bible school. I begin my first sermon at the age of 23. I preach. The congregation is uh, 60-70%, 60 years and above. At the time, I was 23. Imagine that. Some people say, oh, you're crazy, Pastor Victor. What are you doing? Uh? Do you know what you're signing up for? I don't know. All I know is God called me. And all I know is I want to be obedient to what the Spirit is saying. Yes, you may say I'm stupid. You may say that you are naive. You may say that I, I, you don't know enough about the world. If you know enough about the world, you won't go through this journey. In that, if that's the case, I thank God I don't know enough. I thank God I'm naive enough to sign up for this cause. Too many of us are so smart, so wise, but so little faith. So little courage. I keep telling my friends, my colleagues in the church, I keep telling them, actually, I don't understand. I'm not a very smart person, to be very honest with you. You know, in Bible school, we have a Bible quiz uh, before we graduate. I failed three times, you know. Many people, huh? Really? Uh? Yes, I'm a model fail student. <laughs> you can ask Wendy, the dean. They still have my records. I'm not a person who memorizes scripture. It's because some people expect, oh, you're Bible school president, man. you teach Bible, you should be, you know, Bible is the back on your mind. No, I never memorized scripture well, even up to today. Quite bad, you know. And I feel very bad about it. I keep telling people, I don't know how to preach. You see, every time I preach, I'm very, very nervous. I'm better a teacher, but God stretched me. I was never, I'm never the best in this category. But I just want to respond to God obediently. And God has been leading me this whole journey. There are a lot of suffering. There are a lot of pain. There are a lot of like I have to cry and ask God, why? Why me? There are better people out there. You know what God says? And some people are very smart but never respond. Man. No matter I call him, he never respond. Some people have a lot of resources. When I call him, never give. But Bible says what? I'll use the lowly, the humble, those who obey me. I will use them. And so that's why I am. I just surrender my life to God. Even though my life is nothing. Small little chiku, 21 years old, in a town, in, in a certain urban center, Pudu. You know, a church that is full of problems, by the way. What good can come up from this church? But God used me. And God lifted him up from one level to another level. 
God bring me to opportunities, give me opportunities to go to different nations, to participate in different congress. God allows me to speak to different congregations, to bring gospel to different nations. I never pre- prepared for all this. When I signed up to be a pastor, I thought I'm just going to be a pastor in my own church. Never in my mind I'm going to be a president. But God just lead me from one stage to another. There are pain, there are agony, but there is also joy and rewards. Today I want to encourage you, my friends. I want to speak to your heart, bringing what Paul says in this passage in Colossians. In life, there will be a lot of things that happen. There will be suffering, but are you suffering for the right cause? Are you being obedient to what God is saying to you this morning? I pray, oh God, that God the Spirit will begin to touch your heart. That you take up a courage and say, Pastor, I want to be equipped. I want to serve God. Some of you may be called to serve in full-time ministry, like what I'm doing today. And I tell you, today's full-time ministry is not easy. It's very challenging. But it's not as bad as those days. <laughs> those days, when my uncle, my grand-uncle was a pastor. By the way, Chiloy, uh, grand-uncle Chiloy is also here. He's also my uncle, my grand-uncle. Uh, grand-uncle, oh, that's my grand-uncle. <laughs> you can ask them. The olden days, when they become pastor, they literally have to pray for their meal because they don't know whether they have a meal next, whether they have a next meal. Today, pastors don't suffer like that. We suffer different kind of suffering, but we still suffer. But if God calls you, so be it. Trust the Lord; He will help you. He will be your strength. Some of you have been called, and you're wondering, is this my calling? Is this my journey? If you felt that prompting, that is the journey for you. Don't hesitate anymore. The Lord is coming really, really soon. We are living in the last day. This is the right cause for you to suffer. And for some of you, perhaps it's not full-time calling. Perhaps it's in your business. God has called you to be an apostle to the marketplace. God may have called you to be an apostle to your school, to bring the good news to your students. If that is what God called you to be, equip yourself. You got to get ready for it. I'm sorry today I'll be a bit passionate, but this is what God is calling. He's pushing. He's asking people to respond to His call. We keep praying, Lord, send harvest. God has been asking, has been calling. Question is not whether God will send harvesters or not. The question is whether are we willing to respond to His call? This morning, are you willing? Are you willing to take up the the courage, brace it, suffering? So be it. Difficult times, so be it. As long as I'm obedient to God's call, and I can see the fruits that will come from this ministry, I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to pay the price. In the ministry, yes, we we know wisdom is important, but what is more important is, are we are you willing to even open your heart and take that step of faith? The adventure is there. It's gonna be fun. Sometimes painful, yes, but it's always rewarding. Come, let us stand as we respond to the word of God this morning. All of us are, are priests. None of us are simple believers. There's no such thing in the Bible. All of us are called to ministry in one way or another. The question is, which part of the ministry you'll be called into? And if you do reckon that, that my life will be only meaningful if I give everything up for God, then today, this is the day you make that choice. You commit yourself to God. 
You ask God, here I am, send me. Just like the prophet of the old, offer yourself entirely to God. Take all the risks. Put aside all your critical mind. All the question, how, how am I supposed to feed my family? How am I supposed to pay this bill? Don't worry about that. God will have a way. If God calls you into ministry, He will provide. He will help you. In my, now, now I'm 37. For all the past years as a minister, I told my girlfriend back then, before I signed up, I said, you know what, I'm going to be a pastor. If you think this is not your call, we can break off now. Because I told her, going to be a pastor, we may have time, we have nothing to eat. We may have no milk powder for our children. Are you ready for that? My girlfriend back then took the step of faith and says, I'm going to journey with you, this silly man. If you're that daring, I'm going to go with you. Since then, until today, I have no lacking. No lacking. No lacking. God has provided all my needs. I have house, I have children, my milk powder someone provides. God somehow amazingly bring providence to my family. We don't know how it makes true, but God makes us true. Trust the Lord. Give it all for Him.